Come on. Welcome to Money Savage, a savage approach to personal finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, a strong and powerful Mark Glickman. Mark, are you ready to do this? Ready. Excellent. Let's do this. Mark is the Chief Sales Officer at Life Care Assurance Company. He is focused on solving the looming long-term care financing crisis. We are excited to have you on. Mark, tell us a little, a little bit about your personal life and some more about your work and why it is that you do what you do. Certainly. Uh, so nice to be on the show. Thanks for inviting me. I am a long-term care advocate, and my background is that I'm an actuary which is kind of unusual for a chief sales officer, but I began in the field about 13 years or so ago. And for the last 10 years, I've been working for a company called LifeCare. And LifeCare was founded by my dad 30 years ago to be a long-term care administrator and reinsurer. So the primary mission and objective is to bring new long-term care insurance carriers into the marketplace. Okay, so I joined uh, 10 years ago as an actuary and over the years I've kind of migrated to different roles within the company. And the biggest need today is getting new carriers to offer products because we know that clients out there need solutions, but they don't have a lot of options in traditional long-term care. They do have a lot of options with life insurance and annuity products now, which is great. Um, but we want to actually offer uh, options with traditional long-term care because you can get the most inexpensive plan, the most bang for the buck from traditional long-term care today. Just a little bit more background, personal wise. Um, I have two small children, a two and a half year old son and a seven month old daughter. So I've been, uh, I've been raising three kids, uh, the, the two young ones and also this new product that we've launched, <laughs> which is through a company called National Guardian Life. And how are the kids sleeping? Uh, doing well, doing well, you know, during the winter, you know, they kind of get sick and they catch things from their friends, but, uh, uh, they're sleeping well. I can't, I can't, uh, hope for anything better. And my wife, of course, is doing an amazing job. She's also an actuary, so she can relate to what I do day to day. Excellent. Well, Mark, I've been in the financial world for, for a little over 17 years. And I can remember that when I started, um, there were a handful, actually probably quite a few insurance companies that sold individual long-term care insurance policies. And then over the last 17 years, it seems like many of them have stopped selling individual long-term care policies. Can you tell us a little bit about why that is? Oh, absolutely. So what's happened in the industry is the products from 15, 20, 25 years ago, it turns out that they were underpriced. And they were underpriced for an interesting reason in that most people who bought long-term care held on to their policies for far longer than the companies expected, meaning that maybe the company assumed that 97% of people would keep their policies every year, which is an extremely high rate. Well, it might have turned out that 99 or 99 and a half percent of people kept their policies because they saw the value in them, the level premium, but the need and the value of that product as you age continues to grow. And there's no cash value underlying a traditional long-term care plan. So there's really a disincentive to give up your policy because it's very difficult, if not impossible, to replace that value. So because of that, carriers have had to do rate increases, and most of the carriers have not done well financially. And so they've kind of exited the marketplace because their shareholders were not happy with the results or they were nervous about you know, having to do rate increases on these products because they're guaranteed renewable products, such that we were left with a core group of carriers today. And there's about a dozen carriers offering products now 
versus 100 that we're offering it 15 years ago. And I would say this trend is very similar to what we saw in the disability income world 20 years ago, where carriers uh, underpriced products and they actually exited and now we have a core group. So long-term care is kind of following in that sister product's footsteps, uh, you know, 10, 20 years later. So now your work is focusing on how to bring a solution for pain for long-term care to more consumers. Is that right? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So, of course, the need for long-term care has only grown. This is why carers got into the business, is we could see the demographics writing on the wall, right? People are having more and more longevity risk as we go out in time, improvements in health care, et cetera. And people are seeing the value of long-term care in their own personal situations because they oftentimes have a personal experience taking care of a parent, having to deal with their financial situation if they go into a nursing home or if they need home health care. And self-insuring that risk or paying it out of pocket is typically a very inefficient way to protect yourself against the risk, uh, both from the perspective of the fact that you have to often pay taxes if you, you know, use an investment to invest enough assets but it's very difficult to get the amount of leverage that you need to cover a very lengthy stay in a nursing home that's five or 10 years. The cost might be well over a million dollars to do that. So what I were trying to bring back is a more affordable way to fund that risk versus self-insuring. Got it. And I think that when people hear what you just said of, of a cost of potentially a million dollars or more, that's probably really, really staggering and startling to people. But that's that's the reality of it. So long-term care, that is the term that we use for taking care of somebody who needs to be taken care of. Now, long-term mm-hmm. care insurance, that's actually paying for it. So do you think that people have a good understanding of what their odds are of requiring long-term care in the future? Yeah, I don't think they have a very good understanding. And people quote the real statistics, which is there's a very high likelihood without going into the exact odds. But I'll tell you that this is not really about the statistics in terms of getting people a plan. It's more about the consequences if you don't have a plan, meaning that if you've been the primary caretaker for your family all your life and all of a sudden, unexpectedly, you have to rely on one of your kids to give up their life to take care of you and they're not trained as a caregiver We've just created a very big inefficiency in society and a very big problem for families out there that have to decide, how are we gonna take care of this parent? Of course, there aren't a lot of solutions out there. So the most important thing is not long-term care insurance, it's about having a long-term care plan, as you mentioned, an extended care plan. That could involve just setting aside money, it could involve buying a life insurance or a long-term care product, but as long as you have a plan in place, when that event happens, it won't be a shock to your entire family and, and disruptive for, for your needs. And I, I honestly don't know the answer to this question, but do you think that there are fewer people being cared for by family members today than there were 30 years ago? It's, it's my perception that as people have moved around a lot more, that when a loved one needs care, it's not maybe as easy for their kids to provide that care. That's correct. That's been the trend. And what we're seeing as the trend in the long-term care world is a lot more people getting care at home. They don't want to leave the home. Also, of course, their kids, as you mentioned, might not be in the same zip code anymore as them. And so they'll pay for hourly care from a home health care insurance agency or a home health care agency, I should say. And of course, the long-term care insurance does cover that cost. 
which tends to be less expensive than a facility like an assisted living facility or a nursing home. But at some point, they can no longer maintain their independence and live at home, and they'll need to go to a facility that has round-the-clock care for them. And that's the point at which it becomes very expensive. Of course, the kids generally can't provide that care, as you mentioned. And now it becomes a question of, we're depleting that person's estate and their legacy. And oftentimes, they end up going on Medicaid, even though Medicaid is designed for the poor. A lot of people who are using Medicaid now have actually impoverished themselves because of long-term care costs and and then qualify for Medicaid after the fact. So that's how we see a lot of it happening when people don't have a plan in place. And that was one of my questions is, does the state pay for this? Right. And one of the biggest, I'll say, misnomers out there, because there are so many, I'll say, um, guaranteed, state-guaranteed programs like that, is Medicare covers medical costs not custodial or non-medical costs from long-term care, typically. Medicaid covers uh, long-term care, but usually in facilities and not very much for home health care. And when it covers you, you have to be impoverished yourself to qualify for it. So there's really no other safety net out there besides your own family and your own assets to pay for the, for the cost. Okay. So if I'm listening to this and I'm, I'm 60 years old, 55 years old, and I'm thinking, well, I always, it was always my perception that if I needed to move into a nursing home, the state would just pay for that. But in fact, the only way that's going to happen is if I exhaust all my existing assets and then the state steps in. Correct. And in fact, we see that as one of the biggest problems in society. And this is my mission and why I'm so passionate about long-term care is that half a billion dollars of costs in society in the U.S. is going towards long-term care. Half of it's from, you know, Medicaid programs. Half of it's from the cost of people caring for their family members and what that would that would be if you actually paid them for that service. Okay, and this is growing at rates much higher than inflation. When they did the recent survey, it was growing at 5% a year. So we're seeing this as in the future being a trillion dollar cost for the United States. One of the bigger issues that we have to deal with as a society, the more people that have a plan in place, the less those costs would be borne upon all of us. Right. I guess you might refer to that as an unintended consequence of longevity and living longer than we expect. When should people start thinking about this, putting together a long-term care plan? As soon as possible, I would say. Um, You know, I'm in my 30s and my wife and I are thinking about this, but of course we're aware of the risks and, you know, kind of in the industry. I would say most people start thinking about it when they're 50. And and that usually is when they're done paying for their kids' college and they're thinking about retirement planning. This is a major component of your retirement plan. The best time to plan is as early as possible, but starting when you're 50 years old would be a great starting point. You get the most value in terms of what it would cost in terms of paying for the long-term care insurance policies. And you get a lot of value at point and claim because you don't expect to use the benefits 80 to 90 years old typically, which means you'll have a long time to fund this plan before you'll actually need it. So it's like various other kinds of insurances that people are potentially familiar with, like life insurance, where it's cheaper Mm -hmm. for a young person to, to buy it. Exactly. I looked at the rates compared to term life insurance, and it actually is comparable in terms of how much it costs relative to how much in benefits you get. So if you were to buy a half a million dollar uh, term life insurance death benefit, it's not exactly apples to apple. You get about uh, a half a million dollar pool of long-term care protection for roughly the same cost, depending on your, on your age. 
One of the other things I would relate it to is 401k funding, right? You're putting aside a 401k plan in most cases so that you can pay for your retirement costs. Long-term care is one of the greatest complements to that 401k plan because it's protecting those assets. And it similarly needs a very long time to fund it because the costs for long-term care are significant. Got it. And who should they, who should they be talking with about this? Um, let's, I assume that there's some kind of a professional they should speak with, but also I'd like to hear what your thoughts are on as a family potentially planning for this. Yeah, so great question. Um, there's a lot of different long-term care funding options out there. So I would talk to a financial professional. Um, now, most financial professionals actually touch upon long-term care in one way, shape, or form just because it's so prevalent out there. So it could be your financial advisor. It could be your life insurance agent. could be your property and casualty agent you know, where you buy your homeowner's insurance. Most of them have access to long-term care insurance products, but you have to ask for it because the advisors out there today, there are much fewer products out there. There are much fewer producers that are familiar with it. So they might not bring it to your attention. You might have to bring it to your advisor's attention. Got it. And as for involving the family in these conversations, would you advise for that or against it? Absolutely. So what we're talking about really is the consequences and protecting your family. And there's two aspects of that. One is that your estate, your legacy is what you're using and it's going eventually to your kids, for example. And if you use the long-term care services and you pay for that cost out of pocket, that's going to leave a lot less for them in terms of that legacy. The other aspect, of course, is that they're going to be the ones that are going to be you're directing your primary care when you do have the need, particularly if you have something like a cognitive impairment like Alzheimer's, you're not going to be cognizant to take care of yourself. Someone's going to have to step in and your kids are going to have to do that. So having them in the conversation early on in the planning process is very valuable to bring in the whole family into that. Now, what if, what if I, I, I start some kind of an insurance product, um, I purchase some kind of an insurance product to pay for the cost of nurse or of long-term care should I need it. And I live till a hundred and I never use it. Does that money just go away? Does it depend? Yeah. So, so good question. Um, I would say like term, you know, 20 year term life insurance, you're buying it mostly because you don't expect to want to use it. Right. So if you don't use it, it's probably money well spent for the peace of mind. If you do use it, it's going to provide many multiples of what you could invest it on your own and you get tax-free benefits. So it's really a win-win from that perspective. But there are versions of the product out there now. You can add what's called return of premium on a long-term care policy, for example, which means that if you don't use the benefits, you get that money back as a legacy, as a return of premium legacy for your, for your heirs. So you can actually design it in a lot of flexible ways, and your financial professional can help you design the plan that really meets the needs for what you're looking for. Understood. Okay, so... There's many ways to, to put together a plan for this, but assuming that my intention is to use some kind of an insurance product to help potentially fund the, uh, the, the cost of this, how do I get started? Do I have to be the healthiest person in the world, or what does that look like? Great question. So for, you should get started, of course, by contacting you know, somebody that you trust who can offer those products to you. They're a licensed agent. And then usually what they do is what we call a pre-qualification. So they'll actually ask you like a five to 10 minute health questionnaire. And the reason that this is so important now, there's a lot of different kinds of long-term care insurance solutions out there, ranging from traditional long-term care, which is what I've been talking about, 
but life insurance products have long-term care riders, and even annuities have long-term care riders. And what I think is the best way to figure out what's right for a particular client situation is by assessing the health first. If you're perfectly healthy, then traditional long-term care is going to be the least expensive option typically. If they actually have some health issues, maybe we're planning later on than age 50 in life, then you're gonna find a lot of value from life insurance with long-term care riders. And if you're not gonna qualify any longer because you, you're at the point where you're like, I need this solution now, there are annuity products that are available to, to handle that with long-term care riders, all, all giving you uh, tax-free long-term care benefits uh, when you use the long-term care service component of those policies. Because there's so many options, that's why we recommend talking to a professional about it. But keep in mind that regardless of your budget, if you're, again, approaching this and you're healthy enough to qualify, you typically can find a plan. Most people's number one concern is they think long-term care is too expensive. And I'll say long-term care is too expensive, but long-term care insurance doesn't have to be. It could be as little as a few hundred dollars a year. Even if that doesn't cover the full cost of what you might need, it's going to be a very good plan or a starting plan uh, to begin with and offer a lot of value. Excellent. Well, Mark, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? Okay, well, my thing that I think is uh, not as well understood today in the market is there are many tax advantages to long-term care. So if you own a business, for example, you can not only deduct the premiums from your business because it's considered health insurance, but you also still receive the benefits tax-free. And most advisors are not aware of that. So there is actually some tax advantages out there. You can also move an existing annuity or, or life insurance contract and use the cash value tax-free to pay for a long-term care premium. So there's a lot of interesting, flexible ways to fund a long-term care plan. So if you need help, assistance with that, again, contact your advisor and ask them about those. And there are very good ways to fund plans today. Well, that is great stuff. I think that that definitely warrants a come on. Come on. So Mark, thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? Okay, it's probably the best way is um, just launch a product in combination with National Guardian Life Insurance Company. Um, and the product's web address is www.ngl-essentialltc.com. The easiest way to find that is just to Google search NGL long-term care and you'll find the website and it has a consumer portion on that website. Excellent. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Mark your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Thank you again, Mark. Thanks, everyone. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we're all in this together. What's up, Savage Nation? Please support the show by subscribing, leave us a review, and definitely feel free to share us with somebody you think would like it. Come on!